to the board game community show. I'm your host, Riley Starr. Join me as I get to know folks in this community. They could be designers or streamers, podcasters, YouTubers, publishers, whatever. Really anything with the nerve at the end of its title is welcome here on the board game community show. Show. Welcome to the Board Game Community Show. Uh, today I am doing part two. So Chris Anderson from the Board Game Workshop, welcome. Thank you. Uh, we just finished recording a episode where I was on his show. and so way, way longer than I expected. I was trying to be, uh, you know, anyway, moving on. We're, we're both kind of ramblers. We're such casual conversationalists that it's just like, well, yeah, yeah, it's side thing, side thing. Like <laughs> you and I could easily do... We could do an eight-hour episode. <laughs> no, no problem at all. If we're ever yeah. at a convention together, we would not have time for that. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we but it was really fun. Or something. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Pay us so much and we'll stop talking. <laughs> it's like uh, Extra Life. They do like 24 hours of gaming. Oh, that's try 24 right. hours of podcasting. Have different oh, guests my. come in. Oh, man. That's kind of a thing. That's that takes a setup really and planning. good idea. Yeah. Right off, we recorded this. It might be public. Anyway, it's a thought. I'm making no promises, but that that's a thing. I yeah. would be interested. Yeah, that would be so cool, like a telethon. I think you would, I mean, it would be nice to have multiple guests or like multiple hosts to do it, like so that. You'd have to do it live streaming, though. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Which we don't like to edit anyway, so that's fine. Yeah, this works. <laughs> I don't think we need too much editing when, like, I think we've talked about like a lot of the editing we do is long pauses. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes in an interview, that's just like looking at a question or trying to think of how to phrase something. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we, we could do that before we get wrapped up in that chore. <laughs> but I, uh, I, I would do it if, if it becomes a thing. Let me know. Anyway. Yeah. So if you haven't listened to that conversation, go over to the board game workshop. It's available anywhere you podcast really. Right. It should be. Yeah. Actually, so there's there's a weird problem with it. Um, I shifted my hosting over to a different thing and didn't... I, I don't understand. Okay. RSS stands for Real Simple Syndication. It is definitely not that. It's like the <laughs> most bizarre system. It's so antiquated. Anyway, um, so I messed up the feed. So there are two feeds of the Board Game Workshop. One ends at episode 80. And the other is all of the episodes. Interesting. So if you don't see anything above 80, that's the wrong one. So huh. it's like it comes up on things and says inactive. I'm like, but it's not It's not inactive. I have it over here. But I messed something up, and now I'm terrified to try and fix it because I think I'll just mess it up more. You know what? So um, I'm still releasing episodes, people, if you haven't listened in a while. I wonder if that ha- – so I, I remember listening uh, and working – like I would, I would be spraying lawns and and listening to your show, and then all of a sudden it like was episode. I think it was in the eighties or something, and all of a sudden it just stopped. Like, and there were no more episodes before that, and I was like, "What?" But where yeah, are all these other episodes? Like, they have to feed. be somewhere. So if you go to theboardgameworkshop.com, dot yeah. com, that should have the new the newer feed. And I I don't know how it happened, and I don't think I can fix it. So it's a thing. And yeah. also, for a while, episode 80 was, like, my number one listen-to thing. And I didn't know why. I'm like, it's weird. It was, like, a 15... That was the one where I announced I'm going to uh, not have a regular schedule. It's, like, that 2019 end-of-year wrap-up. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to release regular episodes. And then for some people, I never released an episode again. <laughs> it was like, why is this Why is this so popular? It's, it's short and pointless. Like, it's not even an episode anyone would bother listening to. But I think if you just subscribed, that would be the latest episode. And you yeah. listen to that and be like, oh... I guess he quit and move on with your day. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I'm still releasing stuff, people. Yes. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure, I feel like it's fixed because I'm listening to those older episodes on Apple and well, I listen you, to the If you have the episodes. other feed, but I don't think it was an automatic oh. switch for people. 
That's what it is. Okay. Like I ha- it's two separate feeds in my in my podcast app. Weird. Which I don't know why I keep the other one. It's it's the same stuff but dead, but I don't know. Yeah. Posterity. Well, Go listen to that episode and then go listen to other episodes because he's – I've had him on before. We've we've <laughs> done this same two-part type episode again uh, before and that was really but fun. But we flipped but it. Last flipped time, it, yours yes. was first and that was like cohesive and made sense. And then we went to mine and got real tired and loopy. At least I was. <laughs> I mean you're, you're a consummate, cons, consummate, consummate professional. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I'm good, always on <laughs> – you're but now right. it's flipped. So mine was the sensible one, and it was not. Oh, man. I think this day I'm more loopy just from the start. Well, it sounds like you've had kind of a busy week, right? It was not supposed to be. It was supposed to be not busy at all. <laughs> I have today off. I had Monday off. Tuesday was also a day. I don't know. If- Tuesday existed. <laughs> Actually, I had a meeting with a friend about a game design Tuesday, and that, oh. that was interesting. That might... It might be a thing. I don't know. Like a co-design possibly. So she doesn't consider herself a designer. She's like, I'm just, I'm just a developer, but she, she knows what she's talking about and is af- offering a lot of suggestions. So I don't, I don't know if it counts as a co-design if she refuses to be a designer. Well, I don't, you know, I think that's sort of an imposter syndrome type situation of like, I never wanted to call myself a designer until like I had published a game. And I'm like, that is such a weird restriction. And I'm so glad that people in the industry are always like, no, if you make, if you're like dabbling in a game, you are a game designer. Yeah. Like exactly. That's just how words work. (laughs) So by the same logic, right? Like if I run to the mailbox, I am a runner. Exactly. Even if I only do it once for that moment. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I'm an occasional runner. Are you a runner if you're not currently running? I'm a hobby runner. <laughs> I was a runner. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, I was. A, I used to be a runner. <laughs> and I probably will be again. Oh, oh what'd you do? You know, I got the mail once. I was late for a bus. Oh, that was a big one. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, love anyway, this. that's, that's um, a different side thing. <laughs> Uh, this is great. See, now we're both loopy on this one. Uh, <laughs> great. Now, now people that didn't listen to my episode before can they can get this feeling of like when you're not quite exhausted, but you've been talking for a long time. Exactly. And you you start the episode way off on a tangent, and no one understands how you got there. Last episode. That's how we got here. <laughs> Go listen to that, and you'll find out. Actually, because that was the second attempt at recording, we already started pretty off topic <laughs> that's true so you, you have to listen to the, the prologue the prequel i don't know how i'll release it probably oh, pre pre music that should be you should release that pre uh thing to help you get to your 100 episodes this oh yeah yeah year. separate episode yeah just have that seven minutes that With ends no abruptly. explanation <laughs> so, go, so how you yeah. been like oh my boss here gotta go like, yeah is that a seven minute episode actually it'd probably be like nine with the intro and outro Oh, yeah, yeah, because you've got to add all that. See? Hey, there you go. Good content. Um, so I don't know if you remember this, but when we mention something funny on the podcast, I almost always go through the trouble of doing it. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> well, you're welcome, Board Game Workshoppers, for uh, for another episode. <laughs> I didn't even know if we talked. I think we literally were just doing introductions and, like, Yeah, we hadn't gotten to slight, anything. Like I said, yeah. in – the last episode you mentioned you had a question we did not even say what the question was yeah so that's how quick of an episode that could be hmm. all right yeah it's gonna it's gonna be that now you've you've doomed us all yeah even i'll if- release them together so it doesn't really matter like if you're listening in a playlist it will be to you'll just have an extra outro good yeah there you go i think that's perfect um, an extra intro because i would have double intro it anyway yeah Something we didn't talk about your on yours because you know why why would we uh, is the contest the design contest is going on right I now. I talk about the contest a lot on my solo episodes. Actually, not yes, as much that's as I true. should. I'm very bad at marketing myself. Let's anyway, continue. I'm interrupting you trying to build up my contest, and I should not do that. That's no, no, me being bad at marketing. Uh, go, you introduce. Let's talk. We've talked about it. If you listen to the last episode that you were on. Um, we, you do a design contest and it is a really awesome one. It's, I judged in the first, well, not in the first one. It was, 
we did the math last time I was on and we figured out which one it was. Yeah. I don't remember, but it was one. I don't either. Thank you for your help. Yeah. And so while we are talking, I am going to go sign up to be a judge because we need more judges in it, right? We do. So I was thinking you want to narrate us through your process? Oh, that's a good idea. So the website, oh, uh, is it on theboardgameworkshop.com? That is correct. Perfect. All you people out there in listener land. Yes. Which is just the world, I guess. I mean, it's not a special place. There is right at the top, 2022 contest, 2022, and then a drop bar comes out, 2022 contest. So uh, you want to click on the design contest button itself. So the design for this is weird. Uh, It's better on mobile, but on uh, desktop, you don't always know it's a button because you mouse over and it drops down. But that top one says design contest is the button for the design contest. Gotcha. But both have cross links and everything. I try to put as, as much cross links as I can. Wait, can you still enter to, uh, enter a game? Yeah, the, the deadline is June 15th. Oh. There's tons of time Okay. For Round one submission. Okay, and then June 18th is the... We start judging. The judging, yeah. Okay, what's your criteria for entering a game? Let's start right there. So you're not even going to sign up as a judge yet? Well, I'm... Okay, let's do that first, then. <laughs> Uh, so right at the top, you see, sign up to be a judge in what comes out as large text to me. Hopefully yes. other people also see it as large text. But yep. here is a link because Bam. in websites, you can hyperlink text. So that is hyperlinked. I just clicked that. It's got a pretty brief explanation of what to do here. Uh, judges may enter games in the contest, but you can't judge uh, this judge games in the same category you've entered. Uh, which we'll go over a little more in depth, but the, it's split to light, medium, and heavy games. They are functionally separate contests. It's just one pipeline for judging and submissions, but they are split up and they do not compete against each other and there are separate tracks the entire way. So, Right. Uh, so email, bam, done. Name, done. As a judge... I will give helpful and respectful feedback to all of the games I judge. I will judge a minimum of one game in the contest. That is so easy because judging does not take very long. I will not judge any games I have worked on or have a close relationship. Uh, I Which will that not... is a super fuzzy thing to define, and I'm leaving it up to people. But if, if you worked on a game, don't judge it, obviously. Yes. If you're like the publisher of a game or your family member has made a game, don't judge that. If you saw a game at a playtest meetup once, that's that's fine. If you have no real link to it, it's a close community. A lot of us see games that other people have made. But if you're like if it's your best friend and you've like worked on it a lot, maybe that's too close. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I okay. Well, last time, you know, I'm going to throw myself under the bus here, but I did judge Dusty's game. Um, right, but, but I judged it fairly. I didn't give it like yeah, all as game designers. Type of um, like we're used to, this is very much like playtest feedback, but without the playtest. Yeah. So it's, yeah, like you're gonna, you're gonna judge games of people, you know, and stuff, but as long as you're not in any way giving them a better score cause you like them or whatever. Yes. Yeah. I judge, I try to judge very like, uh, objectively. Is that what? Or, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, well, that's the other thing. Designers, they don't want you to say nice things. It's this, there's no real prize for winning this contest. It's about honest feedback to improve your game. Yes. You're just like in a play test. If you're like, oh, I love this game, but you don't, that's bad. Don't do that to people. Give them the <laughs> truth in a yeah. kind way. Kind and respectful truth. That's what we need. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing, right? The very first line in here, I will give helpful and respectful feedback. Yes. So That's very important. Oh, and, and I do I will, check. Good. I will not judge any games in a category in which I've entered a game. So if you've entered, if you were doing a heavy game, don't judge any heavy games. Right. Uh, And then I would like to be listed on the judge page. Yes or no. Yeah. If you you click no there, that's the end of the form. You hit submit and you're done. Because all of that is background information for me. You agreeing to be a good person and your name and email. Uh, And you click yes. Then that opens up the, those are the questions that actually go on the page of judges, which is public. (sighs) Uh Uh-oh. Okay. All right. All right. So there's a picture part. And you can also update all that later. Okay. If you don't have a picture link ready and you put nothing up, it gets a a purple meeple is the, the, um, what do you call it? I don't know. 
the, the picture that goes up when you don't have a picture. Default. That's the word. Yes. Yeah. The default meeple. Yes. Uh, so shared name, put that. Pronouns, he, they, title. Use this to add your job. So I can just put the board game community show. Yep. Look at that. Or if you have a company or you have a blog or or you just have like a title, like you're a, a duke or something. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Duke Riley <laughs> stock of the of Salt Lake City. <laughs> uh, and then a description. Max 1000. Okay, get ready for the longest part of the form. Ah, I'm going to take that full 1000 characters. Some people put a ton of stuff. Some people have like not even full sentences. It's like four words. It's all fine. It is searchable. <laughs> So if anybody is looking for anything oh. in particular, which I don't think people search the judge page for anything beyond name. Yeah. And even I don't even know if people look at the judge page, honestly. I do usually because I like to look at who's who's in there. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a fun thing to do. I look at it all the time, but that's for different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's for the exact same reason. I'm also looking to see who's in there. But it's more of a quality check than the, uh, knowing who's judging. <laughs> Um, okay, I, th- I think I'm done there. Ooh. If I can spell right, there we go. No, I can't. I spelled interview wrong. I missed an I, so it's just interview. Oh, like, my. The first one or the second one? Because the first one's real important. Yeah, it was the first one, definitely the first the one. The second one's a joke. You don't really need that. <laughs> uh, Twitter. All right, so. Right, so you can add your various social media links. Um, so the purpose of filling out that part of the judge page is twofold. One, it lets uh, potential entrants know who is judging, which is interesting to people. As you said, you look at it yourself. Uh, and the other thing is to help boost the platforms of the people judging because they are nice enough to volunteer their time for this. And I like to share their content if I'm able. Yeah. And then there's room for Facebook, Instagram, a website, um, so and website can be used for whatever extra stuff. Like I don't have TikTok specifically or yeah. other ones that I don't really pay attention to. <laughs> I try to get the big ones that people might have. Um, oh no, I've got to prove I'm not a robot. Okay. This is the hardest part. And the part I cannot get rid of. Like I would not have that if I could, but there's no way to shut it off. And that's a pain. I did it. I, I did it. And I see it. Oh, you've got it on your end instantly. I had I opened up the spreadsheet. I'm like, oh, this will this should come through quickly. Oh, and there I got my email confirming that I signed up. And based on that email, you should be able to edit it. So if you made a mistake, yes. or you want to change something, or you want to update to an image, uh, you can do that change, and it'll change on my end. the The website update is manual, so you will not show up on the website until I get around to doing that. Oh, okay, I noticed that there's even a YouTube like a uh, link to help you hyperlink an image, which is really useful because I don't know how to do that. So I'm going to have to watch that. <laughs> so it's, it's real simple from uh, Google drive. You just have to edit a few things, which I still end oh, up okay. editing most of these because people don't do that. Yeah. Cause I don't know. Um, but yeah, because I don't, I don't download the images. I just link them from whatever the source is. So if you run into problems with certain images loading, it's a problem with that connection or with that site. Like when I'm at work, some sites are blocked. Like, uh, what is it, Im- Im- Imager? It's like a U. I forget how to pronounce yeah. it. Anyway, that's Imager. blocked at the school. Yeah. So anyone that's from that doesn't load. So it's just a like an error message for that. So I would like to have it all consistent, but downloading and then uploading and then relinking is a lot of work. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so anyway, well, thank you for signing up. Yeah, I'm excited to judge again. I think I didn't do last year's, but the year before, maybe. That was probably what it was. Anyways. Uh, And there were some good games. uh, Real easy process. Yeah. And you don't even have to fill out all that extra stuff. Name, email, and agree to be a good person. That's that's the whole required part. And you don't even have to be like an actual good person, but just be a good person when you're doing the, yeah, the contest, when you're judging. (laughs) Although being an actual good person is also nice. Yeah. I I would appreciate that in general. (laughs) Me too. So now, once the 
uh, judging opens up in the middle of June. Let's let's go over that process. Um, why don't we step back and talk about submitting to the contest? Oh yeah, sure. Let's do, let's it do in that chronological first. order. Yes, actually, yes. I've got um, I think like four or five submissions already. Oh great! Which I'm surprised because generally people submit things like the last forty eight hours, and this is months in advance. <laughs> but it was good though because um, I actually messed up making the page. I changed how I accept payments. Is a PayPal thing, but I wanted like a cooler looking button. So I went to PayPal and made the cool looking button and embedded it. Uh, and then someone's like, oh, I signed up. I'm like, I'm not, not getting your payment. And they're like, oh, like this thing wouldn't work. I couldn't get it to work. It was still in sandbox mode. Oh. Which is not mentioned anywhere on the PayPal site in making this. It doesn't mention you have to go to a separate site, sign up for some separate thing, and then come back here and the button will be real. Weird. It's like completely disconnected. Like you have to sign up as a developer so you can like make the button real. Otherwise it's a sandbox button that looks real and people can click on it, but they can't actually pay. It was very strange, hmm. but it's fixed now. And thank you for someone trying to submit a game literal months in advance. So I fixed it real quick. That is really interesting. Well, I'm glad it's fixed. So <laughs> now <laughs> you can get paid. Yes, that is, that is important because uh, running this thing takes some money. Yes. Yeah, there's the website cost and... I and the speed pitch event at the end of the contest. Speed pitch. Speed pitch, yeah. Which is was new last year and went very well. Nice. So, uh, the contest. Um, it's a board game design contest, so unfinished games. It has, it has three categories, light, medium, and heavy, which skew a little lighter than your traditional rating, like on BGG, mainly because... So I have a whole page write-up explaining the these um, complexity scoring. But the reason is we don't get a lot of super heavy games. So if it was in line with the BGG weight rating, we would maybe have five or 10 games in the heavy category and almost everything in light and medium. So in, in order to spread that out a little more evenly, things that you would probably consider like a heavy medium game are heavy games. And there's a whole page explanation on the website about that. Um, yeah, but it's a $10 submission fee that can be waived if you need it waived. Um, last year I tried to give out a bunch of free ones to, was it the, I forget their exact name, but the board game mentorship program. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, I can give away like 10 submissions. We could not get people to take them. Oh no. So I, I think it was a mixture of people like not feeling they're ready. Like, Oh, that my game is not good enough for a contest. You're, at worst, your game is just, an idea and it's, it's not going to get very good feedback and it's maybe not ready for the contest, but as long as you can show a prototype and talk about your game, it's ready for the contest and you'll get some feedback. And that's the main goal. It's not about, it's not about winning. It's not about like someone sees you and signs your game on the spot. It's, it's a form of feedback. Yeah. When I judged, I saw a, a wide variety of types. Some of them yep. looked ready to, you know, some of them looked like you could go out and buy it right then. Yep. Others were, pieces of cardboard and cut out pieces of paper that showed like the concept. Yeah. It's, it gets a huge variety of designs. Like not like there are different stages of development, but also different people have different skill sets. There are some people that are coming in as illustrators or graphic designers and their, their initial prototype can look ready to sell. And there are other people like, yeah, I don't bother with printing things on a computer. So even your like four years of work design is still scraps of paper. (laughs) Yes, yeah. So it's it's hard to tell by what it looks like, but yeah, it's a huge variety. Um, there are there are requirements on the page that I won't really dig into, but um, basically, it it has to be an in development game. It can't be finished. It can't be for sale. It can't have already been kickstarted or published or any of that. Does this um, include like if it were on um, the board game craft? Uh, the game crafter. Game crafter. Thank you. Gosh. So. Um, Yes and no. There's, so that is so the same with uh, print and play. That's a very oh, yeah. hazy area. So basically my rules for that are it cannot, cannot be for sale currently, and it cannot have been successfully crowdfunded. Um, so if it was unsuccessfully crowdfunded, that's not a problem. If it was available um, for sale through the Game Crafter, that is okay. You would have to stop the sales 
during the contest. Oh, okay. Um, because that's the difference between like traditional publishing and print on demand. Print on demand, you can still make changes. And that's the point of the contest. The contest is you show us a game, we give you feedback, you use that feedback to improve your game. If your game is done and you're not going to make changes, this is this is not the contest for that. This is not it's not really getting the word out. It's not a marketing thing. Even even the winners, I mean it's no offense to myself. I am not some huge player in the industry. <laughs> so wow. <laughs> Like the end of it is a speed pitch, and there are some publishers that judge, and that's great. I love them for it, but um, this is not going to be the the big get your game noticed moment. Most likely, right. this is going to be feedback to improve your game. So if you're not improving your game, you are wasting your time and your money on this contest. <laughs> but with print on demand, you can make changes like between every single sale. So it's a little iffier, but you do have to take it down during the contest. So okay. But generally, yeah. So Good to know. It can't be done. That's that's it. It just can't be a done game. It has to be an unfinished game that you're working on. Yeah. Um, the, the main point is getting feedback. That's the big yeah. reward here. Yes. And then the other stuff is just, you know, appropriateness and, you know, violence and graphic imagery and stuff. You can't have certain okay. things. It's, it's pretty basic. Yeah. <laughs> like there are only a few edge cases that have ever even, like, brought up a question of stuff. And usually it's the... Uh, being published or Kickstarter or something that is more of an issue than any of that other stuff. That um, makes sense to me. But yeah, all, all of this is pretty standard for game design contests as far as I've seen. Yeah. All right. So then after you've submitted a game, yeah, you, well, it's also a pretty simple form process. Uh, you pay the $10 on PayPal or you talk to me about getting that fee waived for whatever reason. Just email me, chris at theboardgameworkshop.com. It's all over the website, like literally all over the website. <laughs> Perfect. It's in multiple places, at least. It's not all over the world. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so you fill up a form, which is a whole write-up about the form. I won't go too into details. But you'll need an image for your game, which is used as a thumbnail. So same as your image that pops up for the judge page. Um, a link to a video. The video is two minutes maximum. That is very difficult for people. Yeah. But uh, it's worth it. In the end, a lot of people have told me it is worth it. It is a terribly hard process. I just made a video myself for one of my 18-card games. Um, I had trouble getting it into the three-minute limit. Two minutes is tough. I know it is. But you will appreciate the result once you get there. Yeah. It's a struggle worth going through. I always hear uh, that that's such a cool exercise to like really break down your game mentally yes, what is, for yourself. What is the core? Yeah. And then present that in video form. So editing, yeah. editing skills help, but they are not required. Um, a little pre-planning can make up for a lack of equipment or knowledge. Yes. So uh, that's why I'm giving you plenty of time. You have months to do your designs. Um, so yeah, link to the video, a short description. It's 500 characters. It's a real short description. So just like the two-minute video, this is the thing I, I used to get a lot of pushback from. people. Have, I think people stopped complaining because they realized I'm not changing it. Um, <laughs> but it's another. it's important to be able to concisely explain what your game is. Uh, and that's that's a, another benefit of this besides the feedback is, and just like other contests, it forces you to really hone down what your game is in a presentation way, which is important and I think helpful for design. So if you if you have not talked to yourself about what is your game in 500 characters, maybe, maybe you're just kind of rambling in a game design. And I've been there a lot. I've spent years circling designs because I don't know what that 500 character is. So yeah. Uh, yeah, so image, video, short description, and a sell sheet, which I think it's new last year. I'm generally against sell sheets, mainly because I don't like putting in that work. But they're, they're a useful thing, and they seem to be getting more popular, not less. So it's... Yeah, they're sticking it's around. A, it's a different way to get across information. You get some text and visuals instead of the video. Um, but yeah, so have a sell sheet. It's one-page sell sheet. Um, U.S. letter size or A4 for people that don't use our weird sizes. But... Uh, Basically, one standard size piece of paper, one side, and you know, do some images, do some text. It doesn't really have to be a, a correct sell sheet. It doesn't have to be a correct video either. the the uh, The requirements are the time length and the size of the paper. So it can be as off the wall in that format as you want. Um, hitting certain bits of information is helpful. Yes, but uh, but yeah, you can be weird and artistic. I'm I'm interested in that. As I mentioned on our last conversation on whatever show we were on when I was talking about that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that's the whole submission. And then there's 
just a checkbox agreeing that you know you you know your stuff will be shared publicly and blah blah blah. And yeah, that's great. That's the mini game. Real simple. Yeah. So if except for designing the game, I mean that's a process. But there's so many people that will. I, I think I talked to Rob Kramer, uh, and I think I'm pretty sure I've talked to some other designers that are like, I use game design contests to get me to design a game, right? Like I will enter the contest without a game idea. And that gives me that time constraint of like, I'm signed up. Got to do something. I have to do it. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so um, it can just be a fun exercise. You don't even need to do like this golden idea you have, but like just the fun exercise of putting something out there and then getting feedback on it. And uh, one other thing I should mention, because this is actually different than a lot of other contests. There's no age limit on being a mm. judge or submitting a game. Um, if you are a minor, get permission from whoever you're supposed to get permission from and things like this. But um, <laughs> like we do have a few young designers or young designers working with um, parents and they have great ideas. Like there's, there's no reason kids can't also do this. I, I work in a school, so I work with kids all the time. So I'm very used to like dealing with the creativity that kids can have. Yeah. And, um, and they're great. And also if you're, under 18, or you have a class of people under 18 making designs, we can work out a way that they don't have to pay to submit a game. So talk to me about that. Yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, all right. And now the design or the judging, right? So there's three rounds of judging. Say so a bunch of judges have signed up, which is very hopeful because now we're in the mid thirties and that is not enough. Come on, people. We need judges. That's the main thing. We need judges so bad. Please sign up to be a judge. It's so easy. My whole point is to make it so, so easy. Like from the beginning of this contest, my number one priority, make it easy to judge. Yeah. Please sign up to judge and then tell your friends to sign up to judge and then have them tell their friends. And hopefully it's looping back that people are telling judges they're already signed up. Anyway, um, then a bunch of people submit. Last year we had 147 submissions, I think. So the, the submission count is growing. We... Started off under 100, then we popped a little over 100, then a little under 100, and then last year passed past 100 by a bunch. So we could have a lot this year, which is why I need the judges. <laughs> yes, more judges um, makes it easier. Yes. the Was it many hands make the work lighter or something? Yeah. There's a, there's a saying. It's true yes. in all things, even if it's not manual labor. <laughs> yes, so back to the contest. Uh, so round one is so round one just is, a two-minute video, right? Right, so there's a two-minute, and the sell sheet, and the and short description, and the image. So yes. it all it all comes together as a package, but it's it's mainly the video and sell sheet. That's the, the content. Um, so the, the games page layout, which I don't have it publicly linked, but if you do a search for um, round one 2000, or round one 2021 on the website, it'll come up, and you can see last year's. But the, um, the coding and layout is the same as the judge page. So there's a little card for each game with the image. Um, then I think it has like, the name of the designer or designers. And then if you click on it, it opens up. It has links to the video and the sell sheet and has the description. So the, the image is important because that's well, the image name and designer. That is important because that's going to grab people's attention off the page. That's all they're going to see at that point. So your image should be descriptive, eye-catching, whatever it needs to be. The, the better that is, the more likely you're going to get someone to look at it. Also, and I'm a, I keep trying to think of a way to adjust around this, but a lot of people, especially judges that want to judge a lot of games, they'll go in alphabetical order. Mm -hmm. So alphabetically earlier games, at least early on, will get more judges. It usually balances out by the end, but so if, you're, if your game starts with the earlier letter in the alphabet, you might get earlier judging, but but it generally doesn't matter, and I've not noticed any like any score improvement based on where it is. I do a lot of data checking for this, just out of curiosity more than anything else. Um, Didn't basically, a lot of stuff doesn't matter as far as your scores go, so just be a better game, and that's how you get a better score. Yeah, there you go. Well, because I did, I scroll through all of them and just try and find ones that look interesting to me, because yeah. I want to, I want it to catch my eye, I want it to be something I actually want to play or something. That is my hope for most people. But the people who want to do it all, I mean, just pick an order, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, do, last time I think I remember, I don't know if this was in round one or round two, where it organized it by how many uh, people had judged it. Yes, so that's that's part of the way I've tried to fix this. Nice. Basically, on the, the website, each thing's an individual card, and it's sort of off a database, and there's a lot of things in the background. Anyway, I, I choose a default 
layout for it to pop up as. So with the judges, the default is most recently signed up. So the people that just signed up as a judge will be on the first page. With the games, I have it go by the number of times it was judged. Mm-hmm. So the games that have been judged less times will pop up to the top. And hopefully people that aren't bothering to search or go beyond the first page will go to the ones that need more judges. Yes, that makes um, sense. But it's also searchable uh, and sortable by a bunch of different criteria, like how often it's judged, the, um, I think, name of the game, maybe name of the designers. But it's also searchable in the search, searches basically all of the text. Oh, so okay. if you put keywords in your description, um, like it's a worker placement game, or it's a Euro, or it's about 15th century France, and someone types in 15th century France, your game will come up. Yeah. Um, it's not a super smart search. So if you write 15th century France, and they search for 15th, the word, it's not going to come up. Gotcha. Um, but you know, to a degree, it'll, it'll help if people are looking for certain things. But things like mechanics or themes can be helpful. Yeah, um, I don't know how much that is used, but um, yeah, and then you can sort by most judged, least judged. Uh, there's also three categories: light, medium, heavy, which I mentioned earlier. So you can sort by that. Um, that's all for the judges just to to find what they're looking for. So, yeah. like, if you entered in the medium contest, you don't want to be slogging through all the medium games. So you just search for the light games and then see what you like there, and things like that. It took me maybe maybe 10 minutes to judge a round one submission. Yeah. Uh, it, it's pretty quick. You watch that two minute video. You, uh, there wasn't a sell sheet on the one I did, uh, or that year. Yeah. So I just like read the description, looked at that video and wrote up my immediate thoughts on it. Like super duper quick. I mean, 10 minutes is being generous. I think some of them were five, 10, it was five to 10 minutes per, per, uh, yeah. Game. So, so this goes back to my whole purpose of the contest, make it easy for judges. Yes. Which, unintentionally, making it easier for judges makes it harder for me and or designers. Uh, yeah. So on the one hand, it takes a lot of organization on the back end for me to make this easy, which I'm, I'm good with that. That's the thing I've signed up for. Um, and then it's a little harder for the designers because, like we said, they have to do a two-minute video, which yeah. is more difficult than a 10-minute video. It doesn't seem that way, but it actually is much harder. <laughs> um. But because of that, judges only have to look at a cel-shaded two-minute video. So you can get through them pretty quick. I think, I mean, it depends on how people are doing this, but I get like the timestamps of the feedback coming in. And some people are like submitting a form every five minutes. And they might have like watched stuff ahead of time and then fill them out in bulk. Hard to say. But yeah, I think like 10 minutes is a very reasonable time to judge a submission. Yeah. But um, so the form, which is a little different than when you judged, but similar. Um. So now you'll rate them on 1 to 11 on two categories, one being a specific thing for that round. So for round one, if I'm remembering correctly, and don't quote me, although I guess I'm saying this recorded, so it's quoted. Um, <laughs> round one is on excitement. So and I've, this is something I've adjusted like every year to kind of be more accurate, better, easier to understand, whatever, whatever I'm trying to fix here. But so round one... It's just a two-minute video on style sheet. You can't really dig into the game or how it plays, but you can see if you're excited about it. So a lot of that has to do with the presentation. Like, are are they excited in their video? If someone doesn't seem interested in their own game, it's not going to sell it to people. And yeah. In a way, you are selling for this contest. And also everywhere in life all the time. But that's a different issue. Um, yeah, so you judge 1 to 11 on how excited you are for it. And I have, I have a reminder on the judge thing. If you give a 1 to a 3 or a 9 to 11, a 1 to a 3 is a low score. And you should write specifically in your feedback what caused it to have a low score. And a 9, 10, or 11 is a high score. And you should write specifically in your feedback what gave it a high score. Um, if it's a 4 to 8, you should also write why you gave it a 4 to 8, I would hope. But um, I just kind of try and call it out. Like If you give it a particularly low score, mention why. Don't just be like, oh, this was bad. Have a nice day. Yeah. This this was bad because that is the feedback we want so people can improve things. Um, yes. So 1 to 11 on excitement, and then a 1 to 11 overall. So, I mean, whatever, however you interpret that as a judge. Do you like the theme? Did you like the presentation? Is this like, this is a game you're so excited for that the excitement score overlaps into the overall? I don't know. However you interpret that. Yeah. And then written feedback, which I ask for, I think it's like 250 characters. 
which comes up to like a few sentences. So that's the minimum requirement is a few sentences of feedback. More is also great. Um, I do track the word count for feedback. Um, it's just an interesting thing. Also, I'm close to hitting a million words of feedback over the entire years Ooh, of the contest. Wow. We almost hit it. We should have hit it last year, but we didn't have as many feedback forms because I didn't have as many judges. But yeah, we're close. If we don't get it this year, I might stop running the contest. Oh, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, um, it means the contest is not functioning. That's, that's why. Yeah, <laughs> not just because yeah. I'm looking for numbers. But uh, that, is, that is an indicator of how well it is going. Yeah, um, that makes sense. But yeah, we get a huge variety of feedback. Like some people, it's, it's like 20, 30 words. Other people are submitting multi-thousand word feedback forms. So like yeah. really digging in. Um, and it depends on how people give feedback and the game and all sorts of stuff. But you give your written feedback and then you can give contact info if you want. You're allowed to remain anonymous um, if you want the designer to know who you are. And if you want them to contact you, you can put that in and say, like, you know, follow up. Here's my email, whatever. So another thing that is kind of different than other contests, uh, the scores are individually associated with your feedback. So some other contests, they'll, they'll give, or they won't even show scores publicly. Sometimes it's just back end. But others will say like, oh, this is your, your final score. But this, the, the individual score you give is associated with your feedback and your name if you, don't, if you aren't anonymous. So the, the designer gets that information, and that, I think that's a helpful metric. Um, and one thing we get, like after the fact, after I give back feedback, the, the one thing that some designers will pop up is like, why, why was this score so low if they wrote this feedback? Or like something, this wasn't in line with things. Um, so that's why I've added the part, like, you know, if you give a low score or a high score, mention why. So you can love the game and give it a low excitement score because it wasn't exciting or whatever. That's fine. But it's very helpful if you explain why. Yes. Yeah. Explain, just explain your thought process. Exactly. And they, they love the feedback. That's the whole point is the feedback. So just write what you're thinking. And this is, this is kind of a helpful, like early level marketing kind of feedback because they're not playing the game. So it's not like a deep mechanics thing. It's a, it's a presentation. Is this something that I would like to learn more about? Is this something I would be excited to have at a design night? Is this something I'm looking forward to being on a store shelf? That's the feedback you'll get. And if people are like, this is super uninteresting, maybe you're like, okay, I have to change something. Or maybe this design is just not worth my time. Yeah. Or they're super excited and they're like, oh, this is super rough. You've got to fix a ton of stuff, but this is so great. I can't wait. In like four years, when you finally figure it out, I am on board. And that we get a lot of positive feedback too. Um, so there's, there's mechanics, things that are like, this is good, this is bad, this needs to change, suggestions, have you played this game, that game? But a lot of it is very positive. I'm like, this is a good direction. Like, keep going. I'm excited for this. Like, this one part. Oh, I've never seen that before. This is so cool. So we do get a lot of, like, positive cheerleading kind of feedback, too, which I'd say it's not strictly helpful for design, just saying something's great. But and in my own designs, too, like, when someone says, I really enjoyed this game, that is not so helpful for fixing it, but that is very helpful for having the energy to continue. Yeah. So I think getting a mix of that in there is, is always nice. That sounds great. And I am out of time. I am sorry. That's uh, fine. We have, but, we have rammed a lot. No, that's a, yeah. Like, yeah, it was fun, but <laughs> real, real quick. Let's like, uh, I don't know, like, a, can you do the round two and round what three? Um, yes. So summarization. Um, <laughs> so top, uh, top seven games in each category from round one, move on to round two. Round two is it's bigger. So you get, uh, wants a 10-minute video and full rules document. So you'll send those in. Otherwise, it's very similar. The judging is the judging is innovation and then overall, I think, for round two. Um, so there are less. So there's only seven each category. So round one might be like 150 to 200 games. Round two will be like 21 games. There's also a coaching process. So every game in round two will get paired up with a coach who is a judge in the contest. Um, and that's just a way... Like you get two one hour meetings with them for the, it's like a month in between round one and round two. So you get a couple meetings with them, to just go over your content and try to fine tune it and prepare it for round two. So it's like a mini mentorship to just help you improve your thing before you actually submit it. Yeah. Then the top three games from each category go on to round three and round three is a speed pitching event. So we get a couple of publishers. I think last year we ended up having six, um, 
all the top, so the top three games in each category, the nine games, or if we have ties more, um, just cycle through and have a, I think it's a 10 minute pitch to each publisher. So you, you get to pitch your game to publishers. That's, nice. that's a great thing. That's what a lot of people want. Yeah. Um, and even if you plan on self-publishing or it's like not as developed as you want, it's a good experience to have a pitch. Just get that experience in general, even if it's not for a game you're going to ultimately publish. Um, and then they'll still give you feedback and fill out the form and stuff. And at the end, there's, there's scores. People are higher or lower. Um, my whole scoring thing has changed this year. I'm going to write a whole article about it, so I won't go into that here. Okay. But uh, yeah, and then that's the game. People have scores. People got feedback. And we prepare for next year. Perfect. Ridiculous theme. Let's do it. Okay. Um, so I kind of actually forgot this existed until I mentioned it on the outro there. Um, yeah. So how about having a board game contest? Oh. Because there's some, there's some games about designing board games now. And let's just take that to the next level and it's a board game contest. So you it's, have to design a board game, but you have to design a board game within certain parameters to maximize the stuff. And then you can have judges. So it won't be a judge game like apples to apples. There'll be like cards that are judges and they like certain stuff. Like one one judge just hates anything about France. I don't know why. I don't know why I chose France. <laughs> I was talking about France earlier. Anyway, so if your game has to do with France, they will just give you bad scores. They're not a good judge. They shouldn't be in my contest. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the theme. I don't know. Love it. Yeah, we're doing like a, this is super speed pitch of, of ridiculous theme. Um, so for mine, manufacturing oh, manufacturing overseas, right? Like that's oh, a yeah. big thing here in, that we do with board games. Uh, so Well, it's a big thing not here. You not, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so you're just a manufacturing company that receives... Uh, orders and then you've got to do the whole like mock-ups and send them back overseas and and do that back yeah. and forth of trying to figure it out well that's uh, interesting because a lot of a lot out. of the fact the manufacturing factories they don't they like do one thing like that factory makes the cards in the boxes Ooh, yeah but they have to get another factory to do the plastics another one do the wood and ship that in and like where are you gonna put it together and it's, that's yeah i mean that's you know it's a typical manufacturing euro kind of thing but i, I would play that so yeah, go ahead and plug your social stuff, your all all your website, your podcast. Yeah, so uh, theboardgameworkshop.com is the website. The Board Game Workshop is the name of the podcast. The BG Workshop is the Twitter handle. Um, it's not really on anything else. I don't bother with other social. It's technically on Facebook, but I I've kind of avoided Facebook for a while. It's it's still there, and I'll check it like monthly. But um, don't message me on Facebook if you're trying to get in touch with me. Find me on Twitter. <laughs> Or we have a Discord that's linked on the front page of the website, too. That is a good way to get in touch with me. Uh, or email the, all the contacts on the website there. If you have any questions about the contest or submitting, or you have a class that you want to get free submissions, or you yourself need a free submission, or you need help preparing something, whatever. Any questions, I'm always happy to help. Perfect. Um, then otherwise, on Twitter, um, I forgot my Twitter handle. Blue Cube. Yes, it's my Twitter <laughs> handle. For I mean, it's kind of personal it's still all board game stuff they overlap a lot it's mostly retweets of the other stuff anyway um also i started a publishing company ventic games if you go to venticgames.com there's not much there but i'm working on a design which is tempest imperium eternum which is um basically a reworking of my tempest system which was in tempest quest from button shy which was a reworking of my tempest system from original tempest imperium and it's just been refined and refined and this one we actually talked about on last uh, on podcast i was on of yours and it's coming across great. Um, I've got the, the um, what do you call it, the programming to make all the maps down to a, a very interesting thing. So um, I can make about half a million maps, half oh, a million nice. unique maps. And the goal is to have the Kickstarter and every dollar is a stretch goal. So I'll add a map. So... If people want to give me half a million dollars, I will dump more maps on them than they could ever play. <laughs> or a much smaller number of all those things will happen. But it's it's really interesting. I've enjoyed working on it, and I hope to have playtesting for that up soon. So if you follow me somewhere, you will hear about that. But yes, that's it. That's all I got. There's a ton of other stuff, but I won't mention it. Thank you so much for listening to the Board Game Community Show. I have so much fun talking to Chris. It was fun to go on his show and, and chat. If you enjoy the show, you can help me out by going and simply reviewing the podcast, whether that's written or giving it five stars. Either way, it's much appreciated, and it helps the podcast get seen. 
You can interact with me on Twitter at RyleDNerd, or you can email me, the Board Game Community Show at gmail.com. I have another podcast called Friend Info Adventure Co. It's an actual play podcast where me and four others play Bunkers and Badasses, which is the tabletop RPG based on the Borderlands TTRPG of Bunkers and Badasses. It's very fun. We have a lot of fun doing it. It's more explicit. So if that's not your cup of tea, no worries. We cool. And next week's episode, I haven't been teasing it next week's or previous week's episodes, but next week's will be with Eric Royce. And that was really, really fun to interview somebody that has made my favorite game, like Spirit Island, the designer of Spirit Island, our Eric Royce. And so that was fun. It's going to be a little bit of a longer one. We both had a little more time than I originally planned. So, uh, but I think that in the near future episodes will be a little bit shorter, uh, just so that I have a little more time for work and editing the other podcast. And so like this episode, I did some, I did minimal editing. I hope that was okay with everybody. That, I am pretty sure, is it. So, until next week, keep nerding out. Thanks, Zoe, for your help. So last time I was on, I talked about when my brother fell on HeroQuest. And that was that was an interesting one. I still think about that, like, all the time. No, so another one. So this is magic-related. So I've played Magic a, a ton, like since 96 or something. So I was off at college. Um, I'd stopped playing Magic in late high school, got you know interested in social life, uh, gave that up when I was in college. Um, but I got back into Magic, and this was around, this is when Mirrodin came out. So I don't know if people are familiar, but when Mirrodin came out, like Affinity became a dominant deck type, and it's, it's, it's a big combo-based thing, but you can, it can have explosive turns. Anyway, so my brother is visiting me up at college. I give him my affinity deck, which is not the good affinity deck. Like I didn't have the money for the big powerful cards. It was like sort of the the poor man's response to an affinity deck. So he's playing, and this is a not a high level tournament, but they only played vintage or whatever it was called at the time. So he's playing against like you know multi thousand dollar decks. So he has this cheap affinity deck, uh, and he is on the ropes. He's like down to a couple life. He's like got nothing. The the other player is like full life or something. And the other player jokingly, you know, kind of ribbing him. He's like, oh, you know, good luck. Try and beat me. So my brother just like pulls the amazing draw, does like 20 damage in a turn and just blows up. It's like, you're dead. And it was hilarious. It was more hilarious because the guy had said, like, oh, bitch, you can't beat me. Blah, blah, blah. And he just did. It's it stupid and amazing. And that's one of the things I love about magic. It's like you can have those those hero moments, you know, because I don't know. It's, I always think about that one, too. It's just it's fun. That's what games give you the chance to uh, slap people that make fun of you right in the face without actually slapping them in the face.